0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 10.5% of all businesses are franchises, and approximately 14% of all franchisees are veterans. If you've ever been interested in franchise ownership but haven't felt confident taking the leap of faith, today's episode is for you. I'm joined by Bill Hoops, a Navy veteran who defied all odds and is now living the life he always dreamed of. Bill dropped out of high school to help his single mom pay the bills, and after years of odd jobs, he enrolled in culinary school to pursue his passion for cooking. During that time, he completed his GED and ultimately joined the Navy, where he served for 16 years. After leaving the Navy to spend more time with his family, Bill started a diverse career journey that included running a local softball business in Tampa, working as a history teacher, and now a business owner. Last year, Bill became the proud owner of a Capital Tacos franchise, a quick service restaurant brand. During our conversation, Bill shares the challenges he faced transitioning from active duty after 16 years of service and the experience of starting his own business. Bill shares what lessons he learned from his time in the military that have helped him succeed in business, why he decided to pursue franchising, and he gives advice for other veterans who are interested in owning their own business. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as i enjoyed chatting with bill if you have any questions about this episode or topics for a future show please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com hi bill thanks for joining me today
1: hey how's it going thanks for having me i appreciate it
0: yeah we've only gotten a chance to talk for a few minutes but you've already said a few things that have piqued my interest so i'm excited to hear a lot more about you and your background and i'm sure our listeners will enjoy it too so before we get started and hear more about what you're currently doing, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, let's just start from the top, I guess. Uh, hi, my name is Bill. Um, I am 42 years old. No, I'm just I'm just playing, right? <laughs> um, so no, uh, you know, my name is Bill Hoops. Uh, I am 42 years old. I spent uh, most of my adult life in the United States Navy. I joined the Navy when I was 19 years old. Uh did 16 years in the Navy, uh, close to 20, and uh, this will probably shock you, but just decided to separate at 16 years, um, turned around and walked away. That was enough, right? Um, <clears throat> more reasons, you know, if you wanted to get into more detail than that. But uh, at 16 years uh, in the Navy, I took a change of careers. I became a teacher in the local Pasco County school system. Uh, I taught American history and civics for about four years. Um, halfway through that, uh, my daughter was in the middle of chasing a softball scholarship to play NCAA softball. Um, so, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to run a couple softball teams and I opened, uh, a business called Florida PGF, which is kind of like a softball franchise of the main branch called premier girls fast pitch. Um, and over the last five years, we've built that into what is probably the premier fastest growing uh, tournament company in softball, girls softball, 8 to 18 years old, uh, in the southeast, along with my partner, Jason Gesaif, out of uh, Georgia. Um, that led to uh, a couple years of doing that, which I'm still doing. I run about 40 softball tournaments a year, and uh, just in the last six months, we have uh, purchased, my wife and I, as well as uh, another partner of mine and his wife, uh, have purchased the first three Capital Taco franchises which is a Tex-Mex fresh grilled uh, quick serve restaurant started here in the Tampa Bay area they got five restaurants here and they started franchising and have quickly expanded uh, to a lot of different places all over the southeast but we will be opening franchise restaurant number one in Trinity Florida. Uh, in just about 30 to 60 days. I've been married to my wife, Alicia, for the last uh, 18 years. We're going on 19 years knowing each other. We've got two beautiful children. As I mentioned, my daughter, Jessica, who is now 21 and a senior in college, playing Division II softball. So she got to uh, achieve her dreams of of playing under scholarship at a Division II school in Florida. And my son, who's 17 years old and a junior at River Ridge High School on the wrestling team in doing very well for himself academically. So, um, that's, that's a, that's the quick story of my background <laughs> in a, in a quick, you know, couple sentences there.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. And I think what's so cool about this is that you hear all of this awesome stuff that you're doing. So yeah. I didn't really know as much about the softball. I saw the Capital tacos franchise yeah. and I saw that I didn't know that you had um, background with having other business ownership opportunities. So that's really cool. But One thing I want to kind of zoom in on is that I, when um, we have a third party person who kind of put me in touch with you, which was awesome because I wouldn't have found you any other way. And when they sent me a little snapshot of your background, what really intrigued me was that I think he said that you dropped out of high school to help your mom pay bills. And um, so what's so interesting is to hear you talk about, you know, clearly you've been very successful and you've, you're now an entrepreneur, like, you know, to come from a background where you dropped out of high school, I'm sure that nobody yeah. really would have thought of that. So someone <laughs> drops out of high school, then you go on to be in the Navy for 16 years and now you're a business yeah. owner. So um, that's something that made your story unique to me and that I'm sure yeah. other people listening to this will think as well.
1: Well, listen, yeah. So, so we can dig into that. So, um, you know, my mother was brilliant, amazing. She taught me so many lessons of who. I get t- i get tied up when i tell this story so um she taught me so many lessons of hard work and and what it takes so at a young age her and my father split up right i bounced back and forth from florida to new jersey visiting him and you know kind of that uh y- you know how that looks right custody mm-hmm. battles all that stuff so um at 13 years old i woke up one day four days before christmas and you know i got a phone call that said my father had committed suicide Um, so that was it. That was a wrap. My whole life had changed in that moment on that one day. Um, and it kind of set me on a path of not quitting, right? Um, my father didn't teach me much, but he taught me that he did quit, you know? So it taught me that I couldn't quit, you know? And Mm -hmm. I know people go through what they go through and, and you never know why people do things. But that was the hardest lesson I learned from that was that I wasn't going to quit, right? I was going to be different, um, so yeah, you know, bills started to pile up, things started to happen. Um, and and at a, just about 15, 16 years old, my mother came to me and she said, "Look, I can't do it anymore. I'm making 8, eight not 18, but $8 an hour, uh, working 7 to 11 and 11, 7 to 3, 3 to 11, 11 to 7, right? She took two shifts when she could get them to to work 60 hours a week to pay the bills." So you know, school and work wasn't enough. I got a job at McDonald's during the day. I got a job at Wendy's during the night and I gave her one of my paychecks and I was a stupid teenager with the other one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, you know, we did that for a little bit and then her wanting better said, Hey, you know, y- you, gotta go do something else, uh, while working, let's, let's see what we can do. And we looked and we looked and we looked and, so we found a program called Job Corps, which is run by the Department of Labor. It's for kids kind of in this situation where you can go pursue uh, a GED and and a technical degree while still getting a little bit of a paycheck and things like that. So, at 16 years old, not knowing nothing, just lefting high just left high school. I got on a plane uh, to Morganfield, Kentucky, and I went to Earl C. Clements Job Corps Center and. You know, they sit you down and they say, hey, uh, you know, what do you want to do? And they had things like construction and and plumbing and, you know, all these labor things, which, you know, that's great. I appreciate everybody that does that. But out of the things that I saw, what intrigued me the most was culinary and cooking. And, you know, so I did that. Um, and I took I was there for 11, 12, 13 months, something like that. I completed my GED within a couple weeks of being there. Went through the culinary program, got a base of how to do it. Went back home, and at 17 years old, I got a job at Ruby Tuesdays, and and uh, I went to Pinellas County Technical Education Center during the day to learn more about culinary and cooking, and then I went to Ruby Tuesdays at about three, four o'clock in the afternoon, and I worked till eleven o'clock every night, and I did that for two and a half years um, until I joined the Navy. And seventy five percent of my money, I gave my mother and and helped her pay the bills and you know, it's just, you do what you got to do, right? Not everybody that drops out of high school drops out of high school because they can't do it or, you know, uh, whatever reason, sometimes life just gets in the way and, and you have to take a different path. So I did. Um, and it taught me a lot and, you know, I wasn't perfect. I was a stupid kid. I was a teenager. I, you know, gave my mom a hard time and stayed out on late nights and did all those stupid things that kids do. Um, but, you know, I still went to work. I still paid the bills. I've still woken up every day with this relentless pursuit to go get what it is I want. Right. So <laughs> um, that was a little bit about dropping out of school and 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 how and why, you know, um, and, and then at 19 years old, I came across the Navy recruiter that, you know, changed my whole life. Right. And put me on a path to really be able to pursue uh, the things that I want and get out of the rut of, you know, where you end up, right? Can't control where you're born. Okay. Um, but be able to pursue something different. So, um, yeah, those are that's 16 to 19 well, 13 to 19 for me. Right. Uh, and, and I don't know how much you want me to get into the military background and kind of how that started and, you know, um, but yeah, that was, those are the reasons I dropped out of high school. My mother and I would sit down at nights and look in the refrigerator and there was nothing in there, but a salad and baked potato. We joke about it today. Um, you know, but she, she busted her butt for me. Mm-hmm. You know, She's 63 years old now and can't walk because she was a CNA and a nursing's aide, And back then they didn't have all these lifts and technology they have now. Um, so she's had multiple back surgeries and all that. And I try to take care of her every day still. So.
0: I think there that's so amazing. I love that story. And so thank you so much for sharing it. I think it's awesome. Uh, one of the things that when you were talking about, you said that you met a Navy recruiter and it changed your life. So I'm sure that that really was a life-changing experience for you getting into the military and actually having a stable career and having making more money probably than you'd ever made before.
1: Right. So, yeah, I mean, 19 years old, like I, I was sitting and, and being, as we get further in my career, I was a recruiter for the last uh, 10, 11 years on the back end of my career. Uh, but being a recruiter now, I know I I answered what's called a blind ad, right? I'm I'm sitting at my mom's table, um, you know, working at Ruby Tuesdays, having you know, doing whatever, but again, that pursuit to want to do more. Um, so I there's an ad in the paper says hiring firefighter, ten thousand dollars sign on bonus. I'm like, fight fires, ten G's, <laughs> I can do that, right? <laughs> um, so I did, and I answered the phone, and they said, hey, USA Navy, you know, how can we help you? So I. Responded back, how can you help me? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, lo and behold, a half hour later, I got a call from a guy named NC1 Whitfield, who's now, you know, Master Chief Whitfield, probably retired at this point. Uh, But he said, Hey, shipmate, you know, come on down. This was, I don't know, December 17th, 18th. Um, So I went down to his office. I took a little practice ASVAB test, answered all the medical questions, did what I needed to do. Three days before the new year, I'm at MEPS on deck, uh, you know, um, making goal for the command at that point in time, probably. Um, and I joined the Navy. I didn't ask nobody. I didn't consult with nobody. I didn't talk to my mother. I didn't do anything. I just said, you know, again, I'm going to be able to make more money than I've ever made doing this, so I'll be able to send more money home, and this will be great for everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Came home, told her I was joining the Navy. Of course, she lost it. You know, she didn't want her baby to go all across (laughs) the world, but that didn't stop me. Sixty days later, I was on my way to Great Lakes, and uh, because of my prior uh, culinary school, uh, they counted those technical credits. So I came in the Navy as an E3, so I already had a step up above um, went to boot camp, went to a school, you know, uh, got assigned to a fighter squadron out of Virginia Beach as a AK at the time, supply and logistics, um, and and had a had a great time in the Navy. I made E four first time up. I made E five first time up. Uh, 2003 is when I met my wife. Um, <laughs> I moved into the apartment upstairs of her. Just got off deployment. I'm like, I'm not living on a ship anymore. I want to get an apartment. So I moved in the apartment upstairs of her and that turned into a 20 year marriage, which I could take a whole nother nine podcasts for to explain, Um, (laughs) you know, but I met my wife in 2003. I was up for orders in 2003. I was going to come back to Florida for recruiting. But I said, hey, you know, um, you're going back home. She was graduating from a school in Virginia. I said, I'll go to North Carolina to recruit if it works out. Great. We'll we'll go live this happy life together. If it doesn't work out, well, I'm a single sailor. I can survive anywhere. You're at home with your family. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, it worked out, right? I went to recruiting for Navy Recruiting District Atlanta in 2005. I was a recruiting district Atlanta recruiter of the year. I got meritoriously promoted to E6, so I'm five and a half years in the Navy, and I'm a first-class petty officer at E6. Like It was quick, right? um, some 25 years old making, you know, what an E six at five and a half years makes. I mean, that's sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 a year with a family, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great. And, and, you know, but that's when I hit my brick wall, took me seven tries and, and seven years later, uh, to make chief petty officer. But I eventually in 2012 made chief. Um, and that was, that was, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. If you're in the United States Navy, in my opinion, right? Like that's, that's I, the, the you know, the mark of all marks, in my opinion. I still got mm-hmm. my anchor around my neck today. Um, but, yeah, that's where it all shifts, right? In 2012, when I made Chief, 2013, 2014, uh, my wife and I were up for orders, and and they wanted to send us on the West Coast, and they had everything West Coast, West Coast, West Coast. Well, My wife was just graduating out of her school. You know, she's 27 years old, wanting to start a career. My daughter's going into high school. Um, She's chasing a softball scholarship. So in 2013, we decided to buy a house in Florida because we were currently stationed in Florida under orders Navy Recruiting District Miami. Um, And we decided to buy a house in Florida. and, And we said, well, no matter what, we'll make a decision. Either I'll go and be a geo or you know, um, we'll just do what no sane person in their world would do. And we would separate from the military at 15 and a half years. Um, so we did, we went 2013, we went 2014, we got to 2015. I was up for orders. Um, and, and nothing just fit. It sounds crazy, right? You would think, man, that retirement, those benefits, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff, like you just got to suck it up. Right. Um, but my kid was just getting ready to start high school, and I had another kid who was just getting ready to start middle school. So here was my choices. Go be a Geo bachelor and just go suck it up for a retirement, right, um, and come home and see my kids when I can. And, you know, there's a million people that live that life, and God bless them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, move my family, which would be one more time for the last – maybe last duty station, and then back home again right to where they just left, Um Uh, uh, those were kind of the options, right? So having not grown up with a father, uh, having not grown up, uh, with that resource, um, it was that reason, that reason and that reason only I decided to get out of the Navy at 15 and a half years as a chief petty officer, probably one tour away from retirement. Um, I didn't want to disrupt my wife and my kids and what they were doing. And there was no way in the world that when prom came around and my little girl got her heart broke, I wasn't going to be there.
0: Yeah, I think that's really awesome, too, because, again, like you've said multiple times, nobody would expect someone to get out of the military before retirement. And some people would look at that and say, that's crazy. But obviously, you have (laughs) reasons that are so deep rooted in who you are, because it happened at such a young age for you with your own dad, that it kind of shaped the dad that you became and the decisions that you made for your family. And so, you know, who's to say right or wrong? Obviously, everyone makes different decisions based on, you know, The resources that they have available to them. But I think what's cool is that, you know, you did give up those things that you could have had with the retirement and the benefits and things, but it's almost like you gave it up and then have found another way to add income to your life so that you can still, you know, live the life you want to live with your family, even though you did decide to get out of the military before maybe most other people would have.
1: No. And, and, you know, that is the fortunate part, right? Like I got out and I took a chance. Right. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I took a chance. We took a chance with everything that we wanted to do. And, you know, um, had these other things not come to fruition, like we still would have been able to have, you know, the life that we wanted as two teachers in Pasco County. Right. Like you manage your finances. Right. You do what you got to do. Like you live a good life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But we were fortunate along the way through softball and, and some luck and meeting some good people and and then just hard work and determination of delivering a good product to the community that you serve um, so that that builds and grows over time. So yes, uh, we did take a chance on getting out, but that was my whole thing. When people said to me, why are you doing this? My my response is, look, I've got my whole life to make money. I've got one chance to make an everyday and immediate impact to be a father. And for me and me alone and my decision, that was easier. And, and I wanted to do it in person more than I wanted to do it you know, over the internet or over the phone or, or just on weekend visits or things like that. So that was, that was what I did. And that was a decision I made. And I was there for every day of that. And, and I coached her in softball and, and, uh, you know, now she's thriving and she would have thrived either way. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's a strong, independent woman. Um, I just got to be a part of it, which was really, really important to me And, and my son's stuff as well, you know? So that was it. That was the reason we did it. And we did. And you know, so now here we are, and and you know we can talk about how that led to uh, where we are now. I guess, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. So I kind of want to know because you've touched on softball. You said that it was like some sort of franchise that you had, but was that at the same time that you were teaching? Or I guess maybe talk me through to give me a little bit more of a timeline of what you did when you separated. Like your first day when you said, "Nope, I'm not going to take these orders. <laughs> I'm going to separate." What did that look like?
1: Sure. So, um, you know, you you have to, uh, for softball, you have to go a little bit before that. Right. So my daughter started playing softball in 2010. I got out of the Navy in 2015. Right. Mm -hmm. So she started just in little league, little league was Clearwater little league. Hey, you sign up, your kid goes out, practice a couple nights, play a couple games. No big deal. Um, A couple weeks into the Little League season, the coach got sick, didn't want to coach anymore. The team was going to be disbanded. They asked and sent out for parent volunteers. I volunteered i said hey i've never coached softball before i played baseball as a kid how hard can this be (laughs) lo and (laughs) behold it's the hardest thing i've ever done right um but well you know whatever um so anyways fast forward five years i coached her in 10 u then we found out what travel ball was i coached her in 10 u which is 10 and 9 and 10 year olds i coached her in 12 u Uh, 12 u were traveling to indiana to play softball whatever the team separates and breaks up we come back in 14 u My buddy says to me, hey, you want to coach again? I said, sure, but it has to be something different, something that's not in Florida. So I went national. I found an organization called the Firecrackers that wasn't in Florida at the time. They were mainly based out of California in the West Coast. Called the gentleman, asked him if I could use his name and his brand. Uh, We did a bunch of interviews. He agreed to let me. Uh, That led, fast forward, 2015, 16, 17, and 18 to me – Um, leading, growing, and developing a firecracker organization in the state of Florida with 18 different softball teams from 10 years old up to 18 years old. Um, 2018, someone messaged me and said, hey, you look like you have a pretty good impact on the softball world, at least in the state of Florida – um, have you ever thought about running tournaments? And I'm like, no, man, I'm busy. I just got mm-hmm. out of the Navy. It's 2017, 18. I'm trying to be a teacher. You know, I'm doing all of this stuff. Um mm-hmm. so you know, that's tournament started in 2018. So let's flash back to your question. You just got out of the Navy. Tell me what you did the first day you woke up. Um So I told my command uh, 2015, I'm separating. You know, we went through the, are you sure? Are you this? Are you that? We talked to detailers and we went through all that whole process and it came down to, yes, I'm getting out. So I went to the CO's office, got my separation eval, thanked everybody. You know, he gave me an amazing uh, separation eval and a brilliant recommendation letter um you know talking about essentially my last 15 years and character and all of that stuff so you know they they did take care of me on that end on the way out so you know i i do thank the people that that helped me for that um but wake up the next morning and um it is june and and i have got a job right i've been hired by uh, pasco county schools to start the school season in august um so essentially like I'm hanging out for the next two and a half months because it's softball season. I've got my savings. I've prepared to get out We're we're ready to go. Um, And so we're playing softball all summer. And then I'm going into my new school and I'm getting books and I'm getting curriculum and I'm learning and. I don't know if you remember the beginning of this story, but I dropped out of high school, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not meant to be a teacher. Now, in the Navy, I did go on and achieve my bachelor's degree, and I did go on and achieve my master's degree because my wife went and got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and she pushed me uh, to be better. Like if you're going to have that level inside this house, then, then I have to rise to that level and match you. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. not necessarily competition, but being your partner, right? right. Let's both be on the same level. So mm-hmm. by her wanting and pursuing those things, it made me better by wanting to pursue those things. And I won't lie. She had to help me through a lot of that stuff. Um, cause I just wasn't prepared to write, you know, 15 page papers in ELA and APA format and all that stuff. Um, but I learned and I did it and, and we left with that. So anyways, um, now I'm a teacher and I find myself at 37 years old teaching a bunch of six, now I just got out of the Navy. I'm a chief petty officer in the Navy working with grown men and women and teenagers in the recruiting side. But now I'm teaching sixth graders world history about mummies in Tukenhamun and Mesopotamia and all of that. Right? Um, so it was a transition, right? Um but again, guess what? I just had fun with it, right? I, I yeah. if this is where I'm at in life, is this is where I've put myself, if this is a decision that I've made, I got two choices, right? I can sit here and go, oh, man, I'm a teacher. I can go, guess what? Let's read the curriculum, but let's stop reading textbooks, right? And I told turn my whole classroom into a a, a uh, a temple right when we learned mummies like you went in the pyramid you came out of the pyramid i had smoke machines like dude all i know is how to how to thrive and live right so we taught and we had fun and we did hands-on stuff and i did that for four years and um in 2018 that is when it started to collide i ran tournaments and i was a teacher um 2018 the first year we ran 18 tournaments and I was a full time teacher and I was working as a teacher all week and I was running tournaments on the weekend and working as a teacher all week. And, you know, we were we were underway. We were doing deployments. We were working for, you know, 80, 90, 120 days straight between teaching and tournaments on the weekend. Um, and we did a good job with our tournaments and we put out a good product. Um and people kept coming. <laughs> and in 2019, <laughs> we did 25 tournaments. And then in 2020, COVID hit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I was petrified because I run a, a public business where people have to come and interact with each other. And right. ki- kids all touch a softball and bats get exchanged and snot-nosed and runny noses are in dugouts, sneezing all mm-hmm. over each other. And <laughs> you know all of these things right good thing it was an outdoor business so at least i was fighting for that right, right. um so march 2016 um check this out in january of not 16 january of 2020 i left my teaching job full time i said okay the business is doing enough it's 2020 we're thriving things are moving along you know my wife has got a promotion things are we're doing well we're doing okay right Um, and, and I took on other part-time jobs and we're doing other things because it wasn't enough to sustain, but I still was able to at least start focusing on softball more. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then COVID hit and that was a wrap and I wasn't a teacher anymore. So I didn't have that income. And now softball tournaments were potentially shut down for what could be ever. Oh man. Right. So (laughs) we were panicked. Like we were really panicked. Um, and you know, not, not to get into uh, this side or that side, but for whatever reasons, um, our state stayed open, right. Um, and, and we were able to get back and open, uh, based off what our state was allowing on, uh, Memorial day in May. So we were shut down for two months. I had to cancel five tournaments, but we were back up and running in May. Um, and, and, and. Word got out that we were up and running in May and we put tournaments up all summer, you know, and we were taking precautions. We were following CDC guidelines. We were not sharing balls. Kids were separated six feet in the dugout like it was it looked funny, but we were doing what we got to do in order to be able to help these kids play the game because they had lost their school. They weren't in school. They weren't having kid interaction. So they wanted to get back on the field. Right. Um, So word got that we were open and everybody came. I mean, it was just a flood. Teams from Michigan, Washington, California, Pennsylvania, Texas, like everybody came. And that summer and fall of 2020 for us was, quite frankly, our best year ever. And since then, we have been able to retain about 40 percent of that business that came from out of state because they saw what kind of program we do here in Florida, how we run our tournaments, the quality of our officials, how we take care of fields Our, you know, mm-hmm. we built a, a business, right? So now um, it's 2022 and this business has been going for five years and we now run 40 tournaments a year. Um, I have a head of officials who staffs over 115 umpires every year. I've got a full-time staff of about six different guys that rotate in and out to help me with these tournaments. Uh, and we run tournaments from, uh, Fort Myers to Jacksonville, to Orlando, to Panama city. Um, you know, up into my partner runs a ton in Georgia and, and, you know, we do some Alabama stuff. So. Uh, it grew, and we were able to pivot and navigate and, and figure out what we needed to do. Um, and now in 2022, I, I feel comfortable saying we've got one of the biggest thriving tournament companies in all of the southeast, potentially – you know, coast to coast, but
0: Mm -hmm. I'll
1: let our clients judge that, right?
0: Yeah, well, so what I think is so cool about this whole story and the evolution of how you went from just having a daughter who played softball to having a business that revolved around softball is Just really cool because, you know, you do have some people who from a young age, they know exactly what they want to do when they grow up, we'll say. So, you know, they some people even want to join the military from the time that they're younger, whether it be because of a family history or um, just something that they feel um, led to do. And so, you know, they might do that and then they want to do something similar to what they're doing in the military when they get out and then they just continue to sort of progress along that line of what they're doing which is great there's nothing wrong with that but i think what gets people stuck a lot of times whether it's when they're transitioning out of the military going into college leaving college is that if you don't have something that has been a passion of yours for your entire life something that you know you want to do people yeah. get stuck because they're like "Well, what am i supposed to do you panic yeah it's your point point. and so what i love about this whole story is just how diverse your background is you know you um, because of life circumstances, weren't able to stay in high school. And then you went on to culinary school and the Navy and then softball. I mean, it's just really a teaching. It's just so cool because I don't think I've ever talked to someone with such a varied background. It's just, it's awesome. I love it.
1: Well, we haven't even started talking about capital tacos yet. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. So now I am curious about where capital tacos fits into all of this.
1: Right. Right. So, uh, I mean, again, for me, it's, you know, people say to me, they're like, hey, why don't you ever rest? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why don't you ever move? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, It's crazy. Like most people would say, Ah, it's the end of a long work day. I want to sit down and relax. Like, to me, if I'm sitting for too long, something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I take you back to two thousand and thirteen, where I mentioned me and my wife decided to buy a house, right? um and and here's where you can call it luck. You can call it coincidence. You can call it uh, the the blessings of our good Lord above. Um, but here's where some great timing things have really come into play. In 2013, uh, we were in a housing uh, craziness, right? But it was on the bottom end. So my wife and I were able to buy a three bedroom, two bath house with a beautiful 15,000 gallon pool on, on a nice piece of property uh, for dirt cheap, right? In a great community with a great school district. And the housing prices at that time were just crazy on the other end of what they are now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so fast forward to 2022, you know, um, we sold that house. And in 2013, when I told my wife, I wanted to buy a house, I said, look, here's what we're going to do. I said, we're not in a position right now to be able to have a ton of savings because if we get out of the military, we're going to take a pay cut and we may need to use that savings. So we're going to buy a house right now. We're going to take that chance. We're going to stop renting. We're going to stop doing military base housing. We're going to go buy a house and just this is it. And I'll be honest with you, my hopes were that in 10 years that house would rebound and make me maybe fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 so I could go buy a food truck. Because food, um, probably because at a young age we didn't have a ton of access to it, and then as a teenager I got a bunch of training on it. I mean, I didn't do food in the military, but I've always been drawn to cooking and helping and doing all of that. Mm-hmm. So my goal was, you know, I'm going to set myself up in 2013 so that in 2000, you know, 17, 18, 19, we would have, you know, one of two things. We can either take out a home equity loan if we ain't making it so that we can survive, right? Or or we can go use this to buy something in the future that can make us more income. Well, I never in my life imagined that that house in this market and economy would sell for three times the amount that i bought it for right Mm -hmm. three times the amount that i bought it for i mean we're we're talking not chump change right so i said to my wife i said in this housing market i said this is the time i said we bought it at this rate we can sell it at this rate this is the time and instead of a truck. Now we can start looking at actually having a brick and mortar and really doing something that can not only change our lives, but change our grandkids' lives, right? Um, so we started researching, and we started pursuing, and we started asking, and we started talking, and I started applying, and I started doing interviews, and I started doing all of that. Um, and we found several brands that, that really hit what we were looking for, but um, Capital Tacos wasn't franchising at the time, and then in January of this year – Boom, it came across Facebook, looking for a great franchise, want to get into the Tex-Mex QSR site? Well, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. Thank you. Um, so I called them, and and I filled out the application, and, and they called me back, and I got the FDD, and we started reading, and we started answering questions, and I said, okay, boom, here it is, and this is what it costs, and this is how much it is. So, you know, I had money now to be able to do this kind of stuff. Um... But I didn't want to spend every dime I had because if it didn't work out, you got a nest egg, you still got to you be smart with your resources, right? So um, in doing all of this and talking to all these people and learning, um, I had two options, take out a loan, which really didn't want to do that, or try to find a partner. Um, and I, there's a gentleman that is here in this area that is one of my best friends that I've known for the last 10 years that we coached a softball team for four years together by the name of Patrick Afronti, who also runs a softball business. Um, and I said, Hey, I've got this crazy idea. You want to, <laughs> let's go buy three taco restaurants. And you know what he said? Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so I did and we did and he did. And so now we are right. Um, and and Capital Tacos has just been great uh, through this whole process. So, you know, in the interview process, they're like, hey, why do you want to do this? And I said, quite frankly, uh, because I've never had nothing and I've never been anywhere. And me and my mother had to do this and me as a kid had to do that. And my wife and I have these goals and ambitions. And, and I kind of put them on the line and I said, look, you know, um, this is my life savings. Don't screw it up. Right. This is everything I got. I'm putting my hands in your franchise. And they said, hey, guess what? You get to be franchise number one. Don't screw it up. We're putting our whole promise of franchising (laughs) in your hands Um, because they've not franchised before. And we uh, are going to be franchise number one. Um, And and uh, so we did and we bought into it. And it's a brand that, you know, where are you at? I don't even know where you're where where you live right now.
0: I am in Ohio, so I was okay. actually wondering. I didn't think you were up here, but I did get a chance to look at the Instagram page before yeah. our
1: conversation. Right. So, so we're so so Capital Taco, right? If your if your listeners have never been there, CapitalTaco.com, dot com, um, and let me tell you, the pictures don't lie. So how did I get introduced to Capital Taco? It's it started in Lando Lakes, which is Pasco County, about 30 minutes away from where we live. So we know the brand, right? Um, The first store was Lando Lakes, which is if you're a teacher in Pasco County, um, their headquarters for training and teacher development is at Lando Lakes High School. So when you go to training as a teacher, which we were, you know, we I was for four years, they say, hey, where do you go to lunch? Well, you go to Capital Taco. Okay, cool. Let's go check it out. So we can check it out, eat it, love it. You know, then they open one by my house. So for the last five years, you know, we've been eating Capital Taco. Well, now you're franchising. And so conversations, talking to the ownership, talking to the leadership, um. They liked us, and we like them, and yay. So we bought three of them, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We got Trinity, Florida, Tarpon Springs, Florida, and Palm Harbor, Florida. Um, and and we're about 60 days away from opening, and guess what? I've never opened a restaurant. I've never run a restaurant. I've uh, never done any of this stuff, and uh, here we go. We're going to do it, and uh, and I'm looking forward to it, and it's a chance and an impact I've been living in this community for, you know, where are we, 2013. So nine years, ten years now, um, and it's a chance for me to give back. It's a chance for me to, you know, hire the teenage kids that, you know, want to go to prom and, and want to play sports but need an adjusting schedule. It's a chance to, you know, maybe you know, just hire anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody that's looking for a great job and opportunity in the community um, and, and, and give back and work with the little leagues and, you know, all these things that, pass you every day and you're like hey wouldn't it be nice yeah it would be and and we're excited to be able to do it so we open our first one in 60 days um, and and I'm excited I'm it's it's been a learning process we've gone through capital tacos corporate training the last three weeks two weeks inside the restaurant learning how to make all their food um, and then a week in the corporate training office learning all the business side and and man if I was excited before I'm excited after you know even more excited so it's uh, I won't say we're ready, but we're, we're as ready as we're going to be at this point. Right.
0: And I love that it ties back to your early career. Cause you said you were working in fast food restaurants and then, yeah. you know, you went to culinary school. So you already have that. Um, I don't know if you would call it a passion, but you definitely are drawn to food and the food industry and what that can do for others. So I think that's awesome.
1: It's funny. With the first day of training, the guy's like, uh, here's a case of chicken and let me show you how to butterfly it. And I said, you do it like this, 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 this. And he goes, Oh yeah. Wow. You know how to do this. I'm like, yeah, I, I have a little bit of experience, but you know, they don't know, right. It's been 20 years since I've been in a kitchen and, but that was it. They, they stepped us through the training. They showed us, uh, you know, pretty much everything that we needed to know as much as you can learn in a classroom, right now you got to go and, and you got to do it and you just gotta, you gotta jump in and you gotta do it. So. So how many
0: locations did you say that you'll have total
1: Right. So we we opened the first one in 60 days, uh, provided there's no delays or, you know, any of that, but we're on track for 60 days. The second one uh, is about 18 months away, and the third one is about a year after that. So about two and a half to three years total before all three will be opened. Um, But yeah, three was the original purchase uh, to be opened, you know, immediately 18 months and then a year after that. So, awesome. um, and and Hey, listen, something tells me if these three work out, uh, there'll be something else in the future that I'm probably going to want to end up doing. So,
0: <laughs> yes, well, that's what I can tell about you. Even you saying you don't like to sit still, it just sounds like you are somebody who is very much always having a movement and growth mindset where if there's an opportunity out there, you want to pursue it, which is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I constantly, right. So as I've gotten older, you know, it's a shift from, you know, yeah, I know it to, okay, I'll figure it out to, well, maybe I don't know as much as I think I know to let me pursue what I need to learn so that I do know and I can show others, right? To me, that's kind of been the transformation of humility um, that I've taken from the beginning of my 20s to now what is the beginning of my 40s. It's been an evolution of thought process to, uh, you know, grow, develop and mature and and continue to want to pursue growing and maturing right I, you know when i i don't coach softball anymore but you know one of the things that i thought about was as a softball coach depending upon when you caught me in my development whether it was 6 months of being a coach or whether it was 10 years of being a coach you'll probably have a different opinion of me as a coach because i grew and i developed and i learned and i researched and you know i would hope to think i got better right mm-hmm. so it's the same way with that over life as you seek that growth mindset, you know, I have this thing and, you know, you ever use the hashtags on Facebook, you ever actually use them or you just read them?
0: Yeah, they're great to use because then you can actually click on them and go to see a collection. Right, right. So and that's
1: my point, right? But Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't ever click on them. They just read them. Oh, hey, so, so click on, so go to Facebook, go in the search bar and do a hashtag. 60 for me. So the, the number six, the number zero, F-O-R me. So hashtag 60 for me. So that's kind of my whole walk and path of – accountability for me because when when you're the leader when you're for lack of a better term i'm the ceo of my family uh when my life my, when my wife lets me be right um <laughs> I'm, I'm the ceo of my corporation and my softball business and now i'm going to be the ceo of my capital taco business right um so i i'm continually working towards growing and reading now and listening and and hearing what people say and and trying to develop that mindset to be better and and taking account what they're doing and training them um, to pursue what they want to do. Right. So um, it's it's been a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Well, that actually kind of leads me to my next question, because you said that you're interested in reading and listening to what others have to say. So just really just, you know, continuing your education outside of the classroom, just things right. that you can do to better yourself in your business. So if there are people who are interested, who are listening, they're interested in Becoming a business owner or franchising, entrepreneurship, really any of those things. is there? Right. Are there resources or steps that you would recommend that they take in order to get started? I think usually it's just doing something, but, sure. but what would you recommend?
1: Sure. So I, I just want to touch on that last point again real quick, right? So that 60 for me thing, if you go there, that is a resource I use for me. It's my accountability, right? So that was my point there. When when you're the CEO of something, there's not really anybody unless you have a board, which I don't have a board right now, telling me, hey, you need to be accountable to this. So I post on Facebook. I put the hashtag 60 for me on there. And when these memories come up in a year – I'm like, hey, that's where I was a year ago. Are you at the same spot? Do you need to improve? Are you holding yourself accountable? So I use that hashtag to kind of tell my it's, – it's weird, right? But I, I tell myself my story <laughs> so that it's a measuring tool for me on where I'm at, right? Oh, so I love that. So if you have five that. minutes, just rifle through that, right? But resources – um. You know, for me, it's very it's basic, right? Like it's just research. I use Google a ton and if I have an idea, I I just kind of run with it. Right. I've 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 tried a million ideas and, and I've been successful at like half a dozen of them. But my biggest resource is I'm not afraid to fail. Right. I said this in a podcast I did last week. Like if you walk up to the pool and you stick your toe in the water, what's the chances you're jumping in? not right (laughs) oh that's cold I'm gonna wait a little bit I'm not really gonna do that right but it's the guy or the gal that just go and jumps right in they're like oh that's cold for a second but now it leveled off right um and and i'm gonna I am gonna give a shout out here to to a YouTuber that I listen to uh, that just keeps me motivated, man. And that is Eddie Perino and your world within. Uh, I'm gonna give him a shout. Eddie Perino, your world within. I hope that's okay. He's another you know, podcaster. um and and when I'm doing my walks and my runs, like I listen to eddie and and he will kick you in the butt and tell you that it's nobody else's fault in the world that you're not where you want to be, but yours. Mm-hmm. Um and and I believe it, right? I wake up every day with a chance and an opportunity to be able to do something or do nothing, pursue something or pursue nothing, right? Um, so I listen to Eddie. Um, I, I read um leadership books, right? I've got here, uh, you know, I, I, you probably lost my my audio for a second, but <laughs> you know, all of all of the Maxwell books, right? I've got uh, a a men's study Bible, transformed. I went through that series um you know uh chris hogan does a book called everyday millionaires i've read um you know all of the shark tank people their rise and grind book with damon john like i hope it's okay i'm calling all these people out oh yeah um, for sure definitely. but these are these are a lot of the things that i do right and you know my my uh picture on my phone is me and my wife and my kids um, when I was 30 pounds heavier than I am now, because every time somebody calls me, I want to be reminded of what I was and, and where I'm going and what I want to do. Right. Um, so, uh, if you're interested in franchising, my advice would be just start researching franchising. I, I've never done it before. We, we had very little guidance or direction on doing it. I started with Google. I, I look around to try to find brands that I like that maybe aren't as popular that, I can grow into, right? This is our first one. So we'll see if I'll have a second or third one. But you know, those, those are the guys I listen to. Those are some of the books I read. Um, I rely heavily, um, on, you know, the training that I got in the military and the Navy, like, you know, put your, put your, uh, sheets at a 45, right? Make sure your Mm -hmm. socks and your shirts are pressed. Make sure you tuck your shirt in and you know, you're well-groomed when you go out, look somebody in the eye when you shake their hand. Like, Be the person that you say you want to be. Don't just say you want to be it. And I I find that most times people do not find success because they either have experienced failure and feel it's not for them and can't get past that, or they've never even shared their ideas. A lot of ideas don't ever come to fruition because people don't say them out loud, right? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. yeah,
0: And I I love your whole story because it's just really a testament to the fact that if you have the desire to succeed, you can, and it doesn't matter what your background is or, you know, what you went through as a kid. And, you know, you talk about all the time, like generational wealth and generational poverty and how it's just cycles that repeat themselves. And you really broke the cycle. And so it's really cool to hear from that.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, there's, there's a whole nother story on a whole nother day, right? That, um, you know, I, 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 try not to talk about all of the bad stuff in life, right? Like bad stuff happens. Like I lost my father at a young age. My sister passed away when I was 21. Like, you know, there's a, on, on my father's side of the family, there's a huge, uh, you know, drug, uh, history. Right. But you know, you have a choice every day. You wake up, right? And and you, you can go chase this or you can chase that, right? Um, I have stayed out of trouble my adult life because I listen to that spidey sense in my stomach. When something doesn't feel right, you don't do it. You question it. See something, say something. You know, all of those things. Um, I have messed up in my life. You know, you've got to hear the good stories here, right? Uh, it's a wonderful guy who does all these things. I've tried and I've failed. I've messed up. I've had to learn and grow. I, I've... You know, been short-tempered at times. Like, we're all human beings and make mistakes. But I wake up every day, at least, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, heck, we didn't even talk about that. 2020, you know, uh, I, I got into a huge car wreck, which has propelled the last two years of my life to really look and and see who and what that I want to be. And it's changed my whole thought process, how I treat my kids, how I treat my wife, how I live my life. And I was good before Um, But I've really made it a conscious effort to focus on helping other people. I believe if you do a good job and deliver a good service and inherently believe in taking care of people, um, everything you want or need will be a product of that. So as long Mm -hmm. as you go out and take care of people, um, in turn, people will take care of you. And you then have to go live your life, right? You get in – no one gets an instruction manual. you got to figure out what your left, right, left is every day and, and pursue that. So.
0: Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Bill. I think you've shared so many great things with us and I would love to have you back once you get your businesses up and running. Sure. And just hear how things are going. I think that's really cool and I'm excited for you.
1: No, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate Capital Tacos and, and Connor uh, that, that made this connection to be able to speak with you. Um, and I will tell you the, the same thing that I told the last gentleman that I spoke with, right? you. I thank you. Like You are doing a service uh, for military veterans and military people um, that are making a transition, that transition, no matter how well prepared you think you are for it, no matter how many TAPS classes that you take, um, the, you you need to be more prepared than you think you are mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. Um, getting out after 15 and a half years, you know, you heard the good side of that, but there was certainly. Uh, a transition for that. So, so thank mm-hmm. you for giving military veterans that are, you know, a voice, uh, and continue to do what you do. Um, I appreciate you as well.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's from the battlefield to the boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google play or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at dot Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.